Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. What's up, everybody? Good Wednesday night. Glad to see you. You've got Ole Miss basketball going on literally right now. Mississippi State just ended. Uh, Their season just ended, basically. I mean, it was already kind of over anyway. They had to basically win out. They have not won out. Therefore, uh, their season is is over. Uh, Unless they win the conference tournament, which will not happen. So, there you go. We'll be talking coaching searches at some point here very soon. At least one in Starkville and uh, Ole Miss right now, again, at Auburn. So that's not what we're talking about tonight, though. We're talking about, I want to get to something that I talked about on the radio show a lot today. And it's Ole Miss and State having to operate differently in order to succeed. We talked about it a lot on the radio show today. Uh, I want to talk about that with you guys as well. And then whatever else comes up. So just give me one second here. Uh, and I will share this. We'll share the show on Twitter, and then we can really, really get started here. Uh, give me one second. Hope you guys are doing well tonight, by the way. I'm now talking about how Ole Miss and... Okay, there we go. Join in here. Let's see what you guys come up with tonight. By the way, my name is, again... My name is Michael Borky, as you can probably see in multiple different places. While you're here, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot be a part of it, and I would love for you to be a part of this, and you can't if you're on Twitter. Uh, So hop on over to YouTube or Facebook. Just search my name, Michael Borky, on YouTube or Facebook. Hop on over there, and uh, you can um, join in, be a part of the conversation like Jason telling me to get a job. Buddy, if only you knew what I did for this job. Uh, if only you knew, but, uh, glad you're with me, man. Um, position change. Yes. Promotion. I guess you can call it that. Yes, but that's all it was just a title change. Nothing, uh, nothing else, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, long time coming and I'm appreciative of that, but that's all it was just a title change. Uh, nothing more, but yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, Patrick says State needs to bring back Rick Stansberry. They haven't been uh, relevant since him. They got to do something. They've got to do something. And and now uh, John Cohen had already started the process. I know that he had already started the process of looking for a replacement. This was probably, and no probably about it, this was going to be Ben Howland's last year, barring a shocking run uh, to win the SEC tournament and make the tournament. That's what it was. Uh, that's what it would have to be. Um, but it's over now, and the the search has begun. Uh, the the search absolutely has uh, has begun. There's no doubt about that. Um, here's what I wanted to talk to you guys about that though, or, or about tonight. It's the act differently thing. So this came from Ole Miss getting another 
transfer portal player. This time it was a, an edge rusher or an outside linebacker, but it'll be a lot of pass rushing. Edge is the, the position now that they call it from TCU. And we brought that to the show. And of course you loop in Mississippi State because that's what we're supposed to do. It's the right thing to do. It's what we do. If, if there's an Ole Miss topic, you try to find a way to get State involved. If it's a State topic, you try to find a way to get Ole Miss involved as well. We don't bat a thousand at it. You know, sometimes it's just going to be about Ole Miss or it's just going to be about State. Like the College World Series last year, you can't really loop Ole Miss into that. So, you know, it's not perfect. You try to find a balance. But today we did end up talking about both. And they're different somewhat. Um, But here is where the conversation started. I have seen some people lately, I've actually had a couple people say it directly to me, that they don't like Ole Miss's recruiting strategy. They don't like it. Uh, and they think that the only way to be successful is if you build through Mississippi. I have seen that in multiple places. A lot of people have said that. It's a, a common theme on message boards and Facebook pages and all that stuff, that you need to build through Mississippi if you're going to be successful here. And my response to somebody the other night was, show your work. Tell me why. That is the case. Why do you have to, quote, build through Mississippi to be successful here? Tell me why. Because I don't really buy that. That doesn't, doesn't add up to me. I don't really buy that. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, if we're being totally honest. Um, what you have to be here, in my opinion, is different. That's what you have to be. If you are dependent on players in this state, you're going to fail. Because, as you guys know, while Mississippi produces really good high school prospects, there's a lot of factors at play. First of all, there aren't that many of them to split between two SEC teams on their own. If a fence was built around this state, if we had a fence around this state and only Mississippi's players went to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, there's still not enough to go around. There's simply not. And as you guys know, because of not like actual politics, not like Tate Reeves or anything, but because of politics in certain locations and high school coaches and relationships and all that, Mississippi State is always going to get players from this state, and Ole Miss is always going to get players from this state. It's going to happen like that, always and forever. There are going to be in-state players that go to one or the other, and it's always going to go down like that, regardless of how good one is or anything. It's just going to happen like that. But the third factor, so there's not that many to go around, The third factor, I guess that's two factors. The third one is other schools come to the state and get the best players from here. N'Kobe Dean's about to be a first-round draft pick, right? One hell of a football player at Georgia. Elite-level linebacker. Ole Miss did everything they possibly could to sign N'Kobe Dean. They did everything they could. He didn't go here. Cam Akers from not too far up the road from here, didn't go to Ole Miss or or State. Keeping players inside of the state, despite the best efforts, are still not enough sometimes. So there aren't enough players to go around if there was a fence around the freaking state. And even if you give the best effort you possibly can, guys are still going out of state. There's not enough to go around. And I have decades of sample size that tells me that just building on the three-star projects in Mississippi isn't going to win you anything. So here's my next point. 
And here's really what I wanted to talk to you guys about and why what you're seeing around here needs to be normal here. And it's refreshing, honestly, to see coaches be different. Now, it, it it's different strategies. Mike Leach is different, is different than Lane Kiffin's different. All right? I'm using that word too much. I'm aware. Uh, Mike Leach's scheme, that that's what makes him different. Mike Leach is a very unique coach, and they run a unique offense. Lane Kiffin is a high level offensive mind. It's recruiting strategy for him that is that is different. Um, it's nice to see this because if you try to be Alabama, if you try to recruit like Alabama, you're going to lose. You want to know how I know that? Because you do often. You're not going to be able to recruit like Texas A and M. You want to know why? Because you don't have the money that they do, despite Jimbo Fisher and Ross Bjork's best effort to try to convince the world that they aren't getting players because of money. They are, and you can't keep up. It's just the reality of this state. There are not enough people with that kind of a wealth, with, with that kind of wealth in this state compared to Texas. It's just not the same. Texas was able to fund and build a $500 million football stadium in a year. One year. It's a completely different world. So if you try to act like Alabama in recruiting, where you lock up the state and build on nothing but high school guys, look at what's going to happen. Look at what has happened forever. Uh, Ole Miss, in my lifetime, has been competitive nationally Twice. This is the third time, if you want to count it, under Lane Kiffin. The first time in my lifetime was Eli Manning. The next time, you, I guess you can sort of count Houston Nutt, sort of, but not really. Nationally competitive. Double-digit games. Playing possibly to win your division, that kind of stuff. Sugar Bowl, that kind of thing. So it was Eli Manning, generational quarterback. The next was Hugh Freeze. Got pounded by the NCAA. It was his fault, but his building blocks of players that everybody talks about were from Georgia, Florida, and Illinois. And now Lane Kiffin, who had a defense that carried that team along with the generational quarterback from California, a defense that carried that team last year, and it was Chance Campbell transfer, Jacob Springer transfer, Mark Robinson transfer, Otis Reese transfer. Even Sam Williams didn't start his college career at Ole Miss. He was a transfer in, and that was the difference. That's why Ole Miss is competitive now. You're not going to be able to just recruit high school kids and win at a high level here. Or you're not going to be able to just run traditional offense and just be traditional and win here. Mississippi State, the most recent time Mississippi State was nationally competitive, it took a generational quarterback from Louisiana to do it. We have decades of sample size that says status quo, norm, it's not going to work because it hasn't worked. So for State, it's a unique guy. Mike Leach is a different guy who runs... While there are other air raid coaches in college football, Mike Leach's is the most air raidy. I mean, he's the godfather of it, right? I mean, he's the guy. It's different. Different is how 
you can win at Mississippi State. It's still a work in progress, but it's not typical. Mike Leach is not typical. For Ole Miss, it's portal recruiting. I think portal recruiting, and again, the reason why I'm talking about this now, I do it often, but the reason why I'm doing it now is Ole Miss added another instant impact defensive player, and I have heard from personally a couple people talking about build from Mississippi and they don't like the strategy, and I think that's crazy. Now, will this work? I don't know. I don't know if this strategy from from Lane Kiffin's going to work. I don't know. But when you look at what they brought in via transfer portal, it's instant impact players at basically every position of need. They need a running back. They got an instant impact guy. They needed a quarterback. They got one. Needed wide receivers. They got two. Needed an offensive tackle. They got one. Needed edge rushers. They got two. Needed a linebacker. They got one. Needed a safety. They got two. And they're going to add more. This, to me, this strategy, from a recruiting perspective, is what can level the playing field. This is what can sort of level the playing field. Will you ever be Alabama or Georgia? Sorry, unfortunately, no. And I think you guys know that, and that's not like some kind of hot take. It's just not going to happen. But this can level the playing field. Because 10 years ago, 10 years ago, after losing what Ole Miss lost, the next year would have been a big setback because it would have been nothing but unproven high school players replacing the players that you lost. That's all it would have been. Not this case for Ole Miss. Replacing Chance Campbell is a guy that's been a three-team all-conference player. Replacing Sam Williams is two guys that have both spent two years playing Power 5 football. Replacing Jerry and Ely and Snoop Connor is Zach Evans, who will be playing in the NFL next year. Replacing Dontario Drummond is Jalen Knox, who caught 500 yards worth of passes in, in a year at Missouri. You see what I'm getting at? It makes it easier, or in theory, it makes it easier for a program like an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State to be more consistently competitive. That's what it allows you to do. And instead of depending on three-star projects, which is more of what you sign than the alternative, you have guy that spent two years in a system that you've got a bunch of film on, like at TCU or Georgia Tech, to, put, to replace Sam Williams. You're not hoping that that 18-year-old who was playing Little Timmy last year in 3A football in Arkansas or wherever, you have two guys that have been playing Power 5 football for two years who are locked into your program now. It lessens the blow of losing players. It allows you to be more consistent. And it also, I think, reduces risk. Because for every Patrick Willis three-star out there, there's a few hundred more that don't really pan out. And it's not like... Now, State didn't bring in near as many transfers as Ole Miss, but it's not like they're not recruiting high school kids. They're being more selective. Will there be guys that they pass on that they wouldn't have that would have ended up being good players? Sure. I'm, I'm sure there are. But the hit rate on Project 3 Star is much lower than a guy that's been playing Power 5 football for a couple of years. 
This, to me, is different. And different is what you have to be to work. Look at the teams. Uh, I'll pull it up right now. I should have had this up. 24-7 uh, transfer team rankings. If you look at them, USC had a coaching ch- the The three teams behind Ole Miss in transfer portal recruiting rankings all had coaching changes. USC's not going to get 13 portal players next year, either as LSU and Oklahoma won't get 10 the year after. South Carolina's fifth, and they got half of the transfers that Ole Miss. They're kind of on an island of one here. Established coach, been there for a couple of years, bringing in this many guys. It's different. It's new. It's a little bit risky. This is what you have to be to be successful in this state. You can't approach it like Alabama and beat Alabama. You never will. You can't approach it like Texas A&M and beat them. You will never have the money. And while, and I've said this before in state fans, again, some people take this as a shot. I, I Honestly, I'm just telling the truth here. Mississippi State is behind Ole Miss in terms of NIL. They are behind Ole Miss. Very behind Ole Miss right now. Uh, Ole Miss has this collective that is well-funded. It's well-organized. Uh, they've dotted their T's and crossed their I's, if you will. Uh, they're in really good shape there. State needs to catch up to Ole Miss and NIL, and they need to do it quickly because uh, they're behind there. That's just the, that's, I'm telling you the truth. Mississippi State is behind Ole Miss and NIL. They are. Ole Miss is in great shape for Ole Miss, but it will never be Texas A&M. It will never be Georgia. It will never be Alabama. It will never be Texas. It will never be Florida. It's good. It's well-funded. It's smart. They're doing it right. They've got good, smart people. They've got attorneys, high-level attorneys involved in this. It's a good thing, but it will never be Texas A&M. So don't try to be. Use that NIL money to go get that linebacker. Go get that safety from Iowa State who's played a couple of years and looks like Jake Springer, plays exactly like Jake Springer. That's what you use your NIL on and not trying to compete with Texas Texas A&M because guess what? You're going to lose that battle. You lose that battle in your own state sometimes. That's what happens. You're not going to get there. So you have to be different. Lane Kiffin is choosing to be different in recruiting strategy. Mike Leach is being different in terms of how he runs his offense. And I think after this season, you will see State go heavy in the portal on defense. I think you will. And, I mean, by the way, Charles Cross is gone. They went and got a portal guy to replace him. You know, you they, you lose Malik Heath. You lose Teddy Knox. You lose your record-breaking wide receiver. Where'd they go? They went to portal, got one from Northwestern and one from Georgia. So even State is approaching it like this as well. It's the right call. It's the right call. And so I don't know how many people feel or think that way in terms of, oh, you just got to build a fence around Mississippi. But I have heard from a couple people this week, somebody today on on the text on the radio show, somebody in my messages, somebody in a comment from a while ago that said, I, I just, and then uh, I was talking to a friend about it and they said it's all over Facebook that people say that, you, you know, you really, you, you really should build around Mississippi, that uh, you're not going to win unless you build around Mississippi. And as I said at the beginning of this, show your work. Show your work. Because coaches have been trying to build 
this program around Mississippi for decades, and it has not worked for anyone. It hadn't worked for anyone. So why would it work for Lane Kiffin? Why would it work for Mike Leach? Here's the answer. It won't. It hasn't. And it won't moving forward. So if you've got to run a different offense to make it work, Mike Leach, good on you for trying. Good on John Cohen for taking the risk, truthfully. And good on Lane Kiffin for trying to be different and do it differently. Because you're never going to out Alabama, Alabama, and you're never going to out money Texas A&M. So be yourself, be different. That's how you'll succeed in football here. Be different. I did that no notes, by the way. That was impressive, right? I didn't write a thing down. This thing hasn't opened. I hope you're proud of me. You should be. (laughs) Uh, Let's see what you guys think. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Jason says, grateful for the show tonight. Stuck in house all day due to a foot of snow. Man, ugh. Ugh. I don't envy you. And Jason, you're right. If Allen could coach, this team wouldn't be in this position, nor would he. He's had plenty of talent. He'll go return to California and retire with the millions he's made. Hopefully he's got a competent financial advisor, and State will hire a new basketball coach. That's what's coming. Fireman, you're right. Only way for both schools uh, to win is to get kids from out of state that want to come to Ole Miss. You're talking about both schools, but you're, I see in your avatar you're an Ole Miss fan. Jason says, nah, you can't build a good SEC quality roster with just Mississippi kids. There aren't enough. And again, like I said before, the politics of this state just don't – it won't let it happen. Ole Miss can be a 10-win team for five years and state be a two-win team for five years and state is still signing players and vice versa. Ole Miss could be a two-win team for five years and state a 10-win team for five years and in-state players are still going to go to both and also neither. We've seen it before, and that'll never change. Larry says, built all over the country, best players wherever they are. No doubt. Chris agrees. Jason says, yep, was about to say, it's been like that forever. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to read those kind of comments, man. I'm just kidding. But uh, no, you're exactly right. Chris said, if you could build an all-Mississippi team versus Louisiana or Alabama, who do you think would be a better team? Uh, it would be Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama in that order, I think. I think. I could be wrong, but I could be wrong. Fireman says, Lane's motto, come to the SIP, is a great one to get kids here. I believe it's working great for him. It is. Um, better than Mississippi made, I suppose. But anyway. Chris, you'd be surprised at how many people care uh, about where particular players come from. You'd be surprised. I, I get that phenomenon... I could be wrong, and I think maybe it's just a product of state gets more so they don't talk about it as much, but I feel like there are there's a, a faction of Ole Miss fans that care about it more than anybody else like in the country does. I've never heard, like growing up in South Carolina, I never heard people say, got to get all the players from this state. Nobody even talked about that there. That was never something that I heard people like discuss openly uh, the way they do here. Jason says that, quote, generational quarterback wasn't the key that season. I love Dak, but the key that year was a good senior offensive line. You saw that at the end of the season and next when they got injured or graduated. Also, they had great – Mullen had great trench play on both sides of the ball. Maybe he developed talent in a a rare way. 
Brett says the Ole Miss transfer recruiting is directly comparable to the Moneyball strategy. It's rapidly paying off, no doubt. No doubt. Chase says it can, quote, bridge the gap, even if getting all the way across isn't feasible. And it's a great thing for two of the smallest towns in the league, great for the economy when they're at least viable. Yeah. And, and to your point, you're, you're never getting all the way across here. But you can sometimes. You, you can be close. And when the playoff does expand four years from now, if Greg Sankey would be willing to do it again, uh, you'll get there. You'll never be Georgia or Alabama, but you can do some things that can get you there every once in a while. It's better than what we have been for decades. Fireman says Lane is writing the the blueprints on how to use the portal if Ole Miss gets to eight wins next year. It's a big win. And that's the thing, man. Uh, Because of what they've done, in the portal, think about fan expectations, how much they've elevated now. If the portal didn't exist, you would have been like, oh, my God, just bowl game, please. Just get me to the Birmingham Bowl. I don't care. We lost so much. That would be the reaction, right? Instead, it's, shoot. I mean, you look at the schedule. That's the eight-win football team. If everybody pans out, hell, everybody didn't have to pan out. If half the guys pan out, just, I mean, shit. Seven, eight, nine wins are are possible. It's completely changed how you reset, reload, whatever the case may be. Same thing with with State. I mean, State lost three wide receivers. Talented ones. Really talented ones. But they've added a a big-bodied dude from Georgia. You know? Uh, They won't miss that as much now. Chase says A&M is going to take the field with enough five-star defensive lines across the board for their entire two-deep and half of their C-rotation. You're never going to achieve, quote, that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Chris asking any comments on the Zion Cowherd stuff? Um, Yeah, here's the thing about Cowherd. People like Cowherd and Stephen A. Smith uh, New York and L.A.-based media are killing the NBA. And they don't realize it, but they're killing the NBA, destroying it. Um, Stephen A. Smith, when C.J. McCollum got traded to New Orleans, Stephen A. Smith went on first take and said he was disgusted because he wants C.J. to go somewhere where he could win or whatever. But if Stephen A. Smith saw C.J. McCollum get traded to the Knicks, who are terribly owned, Terrible owner, awful owner, and have been a dumpster fire my entire life, he would have praised it. Same thing with Cowherd today. Calling what Zion is doing a savvy move is only because Zion's in New Orleans and not New York. If Zion was in New York and he was a Nick playing for that dysfunctional franchise owned by that complete clown, he would have had the opposite take. But that's that's how it works. Those people don't realize they're killing the NBA. You are telling in between New York and California not to care because you guys don't matter. You're not allowed to be good. You're only there to draft good players and then send them to California or New York. That's all you're there for. That's what people like Cowherd say. They create disinterest in the NBA. They do. They absolutely do create disinterest in the league. Because you're telling people in between New York and L.A., California, that you don't matter, that your teams don't matter. 
Giannis should get out of Milwaukee. Get out of Milwaukee, Giannis. Get out, get out, get out. He wins a championship. Oh, now it's time to get out. Why? He's got a $240 million contract and he won a championship. Where, where does he need to go? But if you're a basketball fan in Wisconsin and all you hear when you turn on the worldwide leader is Giannis needs to get out, put your hands up. You lose interest. Uh, and then uh, J.J. Redick should have opened and did open almost everybody's eyes to really what's going on. J.J. Redick being a former teammate for two years, saying what he did about detachment from day one. Disinterested, detached from day one. Bad team. Called him a bad teammate. Said he called him out in front of the entire team. Hadn't changed. It's it's a him problem now. It is. Um, and it's sad. It's really sad. I think he's getting some bad advice. He's not taking care of his body, clearly. Might have to get another surgery. And he hasn't played in half the games he was scheduled to. It's, it's sad, man. Um, now it makes it harder for your team to move you. It makes you less desirable for the better teams because you're out of shape, you're injury prone, and you're a bad teammate. Your circumstances should dictate how you treat people and act. And by the way, how many superstars in the league have a supporting cast of Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, and Herb Jones? How many superstars in the league have those four guys? You you can win hell. You can win big time with those four guys if you would get your body together, if you would get your mental side of it together, if you would actually be a teammate. What J.J. said, J.J. being a Duke guy, sharing an agency, and hating David Griffin, the president of basketball operations for New Orleans. J.J. had every reason to hate on New Orleans, and he did the opposite. That's pretty telling. It's really telling. And um, you hope he figures it out. Because this detachment, bad teammate stuff, it's not going to get you what you want. It's not going to get you what you want. You think you think Ben Simmons is going to go win in Brooklyn? I've got news for you. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. What has James Harden won by all his bad teammate out of shape moving around? What's he won? Oh, he's in Philly now. They're not going to win this year either. You know who gets rewarded? Giannis. That's who gets rewarded. Chris Paul. That's who gets rewarded. I hope Phoenix wins the whole damn thing this year. Devin Booker, those kind of guys, acting like that, being a good teammate. That's what gets you rewarded. But anyway, you hope he figures it out. Chris said, I've never heard it either. Apparently I'm in the wrong message boards. No, you're on the right ones. You're on the right ones. I avoid them. At uh, at all costs. When I first it, when I first started doing this, um, I had, and I still have access to them. If, like if I want to read them, I suppose, but I don't. I never go on them, um, because when I first started, I was doing an Ole Miss thing, 
And one of the message boards just destroyed me, like just wrecked me, ripped me apart. And, and ever since, I decided to just kind of avoid that because um, I was young, you know, not and I'm still kind of thin skinned sometimes, I guess, but really thin skin. And that really bugged me. And uh, so I don't venture on them very much anymore because of that. I just uh, that. I was having a hard time with uh, with that after one of the message boards really, really ripped me apart. So I don't really go back. That was a long. That was six years ago, though. So yeah, maybe I've built up built up rapport since then. But anyway, Baron Yeti says uh, with the portal, all lower tier SEC teams have a better chance to reload instead of just rebuilding. It's nice to see it makes things more competitive. Yes, this is where. This is where competitive balance can, relatively speaking, be achieved. Like I've said a thousand times tonight, forgive me for being repetitive, Ole Miss and Mississippi State will never be Alabama. It's just not going to happen. The resources aren't there. Same thing with Texas A&M. But this is how you get closer. NIL is not how you get closer. This is how you get closer. Because um, Alabama, under Nick Saban anyway, is not going to go heavy in the portal. They recruit high school kids too well. Same thing with a and They recruit high school kids too well. Georgia recruits high school kids too well. And now that you're in the SEC, if you're portal hunting and Virginia's portal hunting, you're going to get these guys. Aishim Young left Iowa State to go to Ole Miss. Why? Because he's in the SEC. Mississippi State gets a, a transfer from Northwestern. Why? Because they're in the SEC. So it gives you a leg up on any other program in college football. That is not the ones in this league. It helps a ton. Yeah, Daytona 500 uh, beat the NBA All-Star game by 41%. There's a reason for that. People are being told not to watch. You don't matter. Just wait. And the same thing's going to happen with Memphis and John Morant. Because Jaw's incredible, and he's a hell of a team guy. He's a great team guy. People will start doing the Josh should leave Memphis thing. It's going to happen, and it's bogus. You can win in Memphis. He's beloved in Memphis. He's got a great roster. He's got a great front office. Got a great coach. But watch, you're gonna you're gonna get that, and it's pathetic. Yeah, this team will win eventually, Chris. I mean, is uh, you know down the stretch they'll get a play in, but next year they'll be a sure in play a playoff team with or without Zion next year. Because that combination of, of of CJ and Brandon Ingram and and Jonas and Herb, that's a team. That's a playoff team, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Facebook and Twitter aren't necessarily the best gauge either, but you know what I mean. Chase says, but, but also, they are media people, and it's better for them is if the Knicks are good, if the Celtics and Lakers are good. It's just, like, better for them if Dallas and Philly are good. Um, well, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with NBA media. They share agents with players. Some of the people that cover the NBA have the same agents as certain players. And those certain players want young stars to play with them. 
So they use the media to steer players to certain markets. I mean, you remember what was said. You might remember what was said on ESPN when uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta were making their run. They, They straight up said, I want Milwaukee to lose and I want Atlanta to lose because who wants to spend the NBA Finals in Atlanta? Who wants to spend the NBA Finals in Milwaukee? Now, Milwaukee's not necessarily a big place, but Atlanta's what? The fourth biggest city in the country? But so, so why doesn't Atlanta get that kind of love? Interesting. Yeah, Jason, generally the message boards are pretty, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Chase says, of course, they want John Zion out of NOLA and Memphis, regardless of how good they are. Of course. Of course. But that, the thing is, you don't get that phenomenon in the, in the NFL. Doesn't matter market size. Not really. Not in the NFL. Super Bowl is watched by 100 million people regardless. Buffalo, Kansas City was the most watched playoff game in how many years? You want to know why? Because the people that cover the NFL treat every place the same. The league itself treats every city the same. And the people that cover it give respect to every market in the league. Buffalo is important to NFL media. Kansas City is important to NFL media. New Orleans is important to NFL media. They all are. Every Green Bay, my gosh, Green Bay is one of the biggest brands in the league. And it's, what, an hour north of Milwaukee? Town of less than 100,000 people? There's your difference, though. That's what I'm talking about. Every NFL team matters. And so market size doesn't much. The league is thriving. The New York teams suck. L.A. didn't have a team for 20 years. League thrived. Atlanta sucks. League thrives. They don't need it. Because every team matters. The whole country's engaged. The entire country is engaged in the NFL. Because they get treated equally. NBA is the exact opposite. Baseball is the opposite, too. Baseball doesn't get this treatment. Gosh, you remember when uh, when San Diego got those big signings? <laughs> remember what was said nationally? Oh, it's terrible that San Diego got those players. Oh, because they'll get buried. Nobody will watch them. Nobody will pay attention to them that they're in San Diego. Remember that? I do. Mike Greenberg's producer goes on Twitter and says, how mad he is that San Diego got good players. That was a good look in the in the in the bowels of ESPN. When Mike Greenberg's producer is like, we don't want good players to go to San Diego in baseball. The NFL's not like that, but Major League Baseball is. Everybody's got to go be a Yankee. Go to go to the Yankees. Got to get you out of Tampa. Oh, please don't sign with San Diego. 
NBA's like that. Get Zion out of New Orleans. Get Giannis out of Milwaukee. The thing with Jaws coming. But not in the NFL. Josh Allen's about to sign a... is going to be with Buffalo forever. Patrick Mahomes is going to be with Kansas City forever. Forever. They don't understand that they're killing their own sports. How can you not look at football and realize it's so popular because you engage the entire country? Everybody feels important. Even Jacksonville feels important. Nobody's calling for Trevor Lawrence to get out. Not like they do in basketball. Yep, every time Memphis gets and develops a good player, ESPN starts with their free agent watch nonsense, of course. Yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Like the stream, subscribe if you haven't already, and share it. Chase's Buffalo, Kansas City was also a masterclass on elite quarterback play. It was can't-miss football, but that's also the difference in the NFL, being you have to have stars for anyone to care. But everybody's important. Man, I... When you watch Good Morning Football, great show, by the way. Uh, it's a shame that Nate Burleson left uh, on a full-time basis, but every team mattered. They covered everybody. During the course of a morning show, every team was talked about. Every team was covered. It's totally different. The coverage is totally different. College football is not covered that way either. It's not. It's just the NFL that gets that gets it right. Mark Gasol, Jason, is who you're thinking of. Chase um, says, but you're right. It's a, an across-the-board mess between stars all wanting to be on the same team and the media only caring about the Warriors' Cavs for years and wouldn't even talk about anybody else. We won't tolerate Le- Yankee slander. Well, I slandered him a little bit. A little bit. Brown Yeti says, the main part of the Major League Baseball problem is a 162-game season. So you're overwhelmed. Games that are played in July only start to matter in late August. You have games played in July, and the ones that matter start in late August, and it's a little late to watch it. Um, Am I bad in my position in doing what I do um, to not give a crap anymore about baseball's negotiations? Is it bad? Like like Jeff Passan had a really good uh, thread explaining, uh, you know, how far the negotiations are, and, and they're talking about. I agree with you, Chase. I do. Um, that was when baseball was at its most fun. If guys want to wreck their bodies, so be it. I guess. Uh, but he had a long thread explaining how how they're so far apart on this this tax situation and they haven't even begun negotiating it yet. And they're so far apart that even if they started tomorrow, they won't get there in time and the season's going to be delayed. Like it feels inevitable and and all this stuff. And I, I read it and I just kind of rolled my eyes. I don't care. I don't care. Fireman says uh, MLB's losing their core fan base by the lockout. MLB's history of lockouts is not helping them. Yeah, this is the only sport where it goes down like this as much as it does. It's the only one. And what's frustrating, or what should be frustrating for baseball fans, is the fact that they are so far apart and negotiating seemingly in bad th- bad faith. 
But, you know, you have people say, don't side with the billionaire owners. I, I would never side with a billionaire owner. Understandable. But it's not like it's billionaire owner versus, you know, guy making seven fifty an hour. They're not negotiating with the minor league players. They're negotiating with multi-million dollar baseball players that are getting $400 million guaranteed contracts and stuff like that. So it's billionaires versus millionaires. And if you're, you're looking for me to have sympathy for either side, I don't. So it's not siding with the owners. It's siding with, if you don't put on a product, I'll find something else to consume. And I'm not as big of a baseball fan as some of you guys are. I don't have a team. You know, I've got a basketball team. I've got a hockey team, I guess. I try to watch the Predators sometimes. Um, I don't really, ha- I don't have a baseball team, but I would like to watch. But if this is what we're going to do, I'm good. I think both of you guys suck in this. Neither one of you are right. You're both wrong. Because you're not going to be able to agree to play, which is the only thing that matters to me, selfishly. I'm kind of selfish. I I turn to sports for entertainment. That's it. And so if you're not there to entertain me, I'll find something else. And I won't bat an eye. If you're squabbling over millions of dollars, I don't care. And Chase, to your point, College baseball is here. We've got cool atmospheres around here. The SEC is doing, I mean, more are just popping up every day. Tennessee now has a fun atmosphere. More are popping up every day. I'm cool with that. I'll watch my college baseball, and I'll talk about it with you guys when it gets more serious than Charleston Southern and North Alabama, you know? Um, And I'll watch hockey. That's what I'll do. I'll talk more football. It's more fun anyway. All right, I'll get to uh, the rest of your comments, and then I'll hang it up. But I appreciate you guys uh, joining. I know basketball is going on tonight. For you State fans, coaching search season is is here. It's here. Um, for Ole Miss, last I checked, it was ugly, and I haven't looked since. So maybe it's closer. I don't know. Um Brian Yeti says, uh, no, I'm not wrong because I'm a baseball guy and I have no idea what's going on and I don't really care. That says a lot right there, man. That says a lot. Chase says, you've got entire bullpens now where everyone throws 97 with wicked movement. 101-mile-an-hour cutter that moves like 10 inches. It's Tennessee's got a guy that throws 103. Tennessee, 103 in college. Chris says, me too, to Yeti. Jason says, uh, MLB is just boring, even in person. I remember sitting in Seattle's beautiful stadium, bored to death outside of the seventh inning stretch, goofballery. College is much better, so I don't care about Major League. Chris says, college baseball is where it's at. Chase wants a pitch clock. Drop the mound, ban the shift, and let the players juice to the gills if they want and play some ball. (laughs) If they don't put on a product, nobody makes money. The thing is, the owners don't seem to really give a damn about putting on a product. They've got so much money, they don't really care. They'd rather win the negotiation than actually put a product on the field. Certainly don't care enough to be invested in a labor dispute every 12 minutes, me either. Chris wants Chase to be commissioner. (laughs) Um, 
I'll play for a pack of beer and barbecue after the game. Yeah, for sure. You you can touch 77. I think I would throw my shoulder out if I tried to pitch hard right now. Sounds like, by the way, the season's not going to get started on time. They've got a hard deadline of Monday in order to play in time to start the season. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. I hate it for you baseball fans. I really do. But you reap what you sow. And these guys are sowing hard. And uh, I don't think they're prepared to understand what they are about to reap. Anyway, thank you guys. Don't forget to to like and subscribe. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back Sunday night. We'll talk a little baseball. I know State has... If you thought Charleston Southern was a lesser opponent, State's got a much lesser opponent. So I don't know how much we'll be breaking down the series unless something crazy happens. Uh, weather's going to stink this weekend, too, at both ballparks. But we'll talk about it and uh, anything else that comes up between now and then. Uh, you guys have a good night. I appreciate you very much, and I'll talk to you on Sunday. Talk Mississippi Media Production.